strict as Mr. Barden, or would he be pompous and overbearing like the school benefactors? She knew little about him, except that he was nine and twenty and came from a sheep farm high on the fell. She straightened her chilled back and hoped that she would please him. A clatter of a carriage following shortly afterwards caused Beth's heart to beat faster. It was really happening to her. In a short while, she would be the wife of Edgar Collins and go with him to live at High Fell Farm. She heard the churchyard gate creak, and moments later, two people entered the gloomy doorway. She recognized the woman as Edgar's mother, who had visited Mr. Barden to inspect her and ask about her demeanor and habits. Beth thought at the time that Mrs. Collins had put on airs and seemed grand for the mother of a sheep farmer. But although she had looked down her nose at Beth, she appeared to approve of her as a bride for her son. However, Beth soon realized that this initial condescension had not gone away. Mrs. Collins wore black from her velvet cape to her full silk skirts, and her dark eyes glittered as they travelled over Beth's cloak and bonnet. She did not smile. She turned her attention to Mr. Barden and asked, "'Do you have the gold?' "'After the ceremony, madam,' he replied stiffly. "'I want sight of it before the vows.' "'Very well. Wait here for me, child.' He went outside with Mrs. Collins, leaving Beth alone with her future husband. Beth looked at him, with a tentative smile on her lips. She had thrown back the hood of her cloak— to reveal her cheap straw bonnet that she had decorated with evergreen leaves and grey ribbons. Tendrils of fair hair escaped around her pale face. They trembled in the draught and caught on her lips as she hovered in the chilly church porch. But her blue eyes were bright, and she had a wide smile that showed off good cheekbones, even if it was too late to pinch them for a rosy glow. He was taller than she, with the outdoor swarthiness of a countryman, and he was dressed as gentry in old-fashioned breeches. His long jacket was cut away to reveal a richly embroidered waistcoat. His tall hat stayed firmly on his head, and he clipped his riding crop against high leather boots in a gesture that Beth took to be impatience. Beth's initial confidence in her appearance drained away, as she realized that her dress did not match his in status. However, she rallied, when he murmured more to himself than to her. Well, she's pretty enough. But his eyes did not meet hers, and although he sounded satisfied, his face was grim, and his mouth turned down at the corners. Come on, then. Let's get on with it, he added, and disappeared into the church. As she listened to his boots ringing on the stone flags of the empty church, Beth did not know whether to follow him or wait for Mr. Barden. For as long as she could remember, she had been obedient to the orders of Mr. Barden, his teachers, and latterly his wife and daughters. Agreeing to this marriage had been the first time he had consulted her for an opinion of any kind. Though it was made quite clear to her at the time that her answer would be yes, even without sight of her future husband, it was a good offer. He was a farmer and she was a nobody, a ward in chancery, a bastard child, but one with a settlement.
Beth had no illusions about this match. It was her dowry that enabled her to be married, and she silently thanked her unknown benefactor for his generosity. There was no point in asking who he was, for even the London lawyer did not know. He had provided a weekly amount for her education and lodging until she was eighteen, and then a significant sum for a dowry. After today, she would be off his hands for ever. At least, Beth thought, marriage would be better than life as a servant. While she was deciding what to do, Mrs. Collins swept through the entrance porch, past her and into the church. Over her shoulder, she said, "'Bring the girl!' Mr. Barton followed, took hold of Beth's elbow, and propelled her through the door. Beth walked purposefully down the aisle with Mr. Barton by her side. She must not show her fear. She rehearsed the vow.